What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show on Shardog.com. And my name is Sean Sheehan. And I must tell you, before we get in to this week's preview for the massive Bellator 277 card that BetUS is offering our listeners an incredible 125% bonus on their deposits for the UFC ESPN on 34, Luke versus Mohammed 2, and also Bellator betting as well. You can bet on AJ McKee versus Patricio Pitbull. Use the code SHERDOG and get $2,500 in extra money to make fight night even better. At BetUS.com, you can not only bet on each fight, but you have loads of awesome parlay bets to choose from too. Bet live during the fights, and your winnings are paid within hours. Start the fight at BetUS.com and use that code SHERDOG, S-H-E-R-D-O-G. Right, let's get into it. Let's talk about the massive Bellator card this week. Honestly, this is probably Bellator's card of the year. The very, very top-heavy card now as we, we will get into it. I'm going to concentrate mostly on the fights at the top. I'll run you through kind of the prelims uh, a little bit as well, but... It is the culmination, I suppose, of a couple of things with Bellator. Obviously, the, the main event is the Featherweight Championship, which you know may or may not be the culmination, I suppose, after AJ McKee won the first fight. If Patricia Pitbull is able to win this fight, there will probably be a third fight, and that would actually absolutely be massive for Bellator. So, you know, Scott Coker, Scott Coker maybe in the back of his mind might be thinking that, but an AJ McKee win would be uh, massive as well, considering his star power and his 18-0 record at the moment, and a lot of people call him the best featherweight in the world. We'll get in and we'll break that down that fight in a, in a second, obviously. In the co-main event, Vadim Nimkov and Corey Anderson to finish off that tournament for the light heavyweight title. Arn Pico is back here with a couple of heavyweight fights uh, as well on the card. And uh, Yaksha Muradov is on the card as well. Some of the best up-and-comers in Bellator. The undercard, though, and let me get into that first and I'll break down some of the, the bigger fights. There's a lot of guys with maybe not the biggest records. And look, Bellator always have a few guys who are maybe 1-0 or 0-0 or 2-0 and stuff like that. It just feels like, looking at the records purely, it feels like there's maybe too many of them on the undercard it is uh, one. Now, the, the the top of the card is so good it doesn't really matter, but it would have been nice maybe to have something a little bit different. Like kicking off the card, you have uh, Tio Haig. Now, these are always subject to change as well. Uh, Tio Haig is in his uh, pro debut and uh, Alan Benson, who has only three fights in his career as well. He fought in Bellator once before, Bellator 226, I believe. Um, he uh, he lost a couple of fights after that, and he's back in Bellator again. You didn't have uh, Laird Anderson, who's taking on TJ Donaldson, who's uh, four and five. Laird Anderson is one and zero in his career now. Uh, I believe he's uh, jiu-jitsu specialty, competed at the, uh, the Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds, I believe, uh, recently. Um, and, you know, he's, you know, TJ Donaldson's a bit, I think he's six years older. Uh, he's a grappling background as well. So that might be one, um, you know, one, the one that goes to the ground and looks good there. TJ Donaldson, Donaldson obviously fought AJ McKee before uh, in 2015. Uh, and he did a sketchy kind of time outside of Bellator. So he'd be back in there again. Um, you've then you've Socrates Hernandez is on one against Rogelio Luna, who is, um, who is O and O. You know, again, another guy making his pro debut. I'm not saying any of these guys are good or better, but a top-level Bellator card, like the second biggest promotion in the world, you would think there would be more. There's another guy, Alberto Mendez, uh, making his pro debut again, as well against uh, Edwin uh, De Los Santos. Um, you know, 
3 and 0 or 0 and 3 sorry Hallian Gracie taking on Tyson Miller who's a very good uh prospect coming through um look it, it, it could be one uh, you know Gracie's economic goes to the ground it could be interesting there then you have Bobby Serena the third 1 and 0 against Caleb Ramirez 1 and 1 and that kind of is the the main uh you know, breath of the lower undercard, I suppose. Um, getting up higher on the card, then you have Kyle Crutchmere, who, you know, going back watching some of his fights, this guy is is really, really good. You know, he did, uh, I think, Division Two All American. Uh, you know, I watched a couple of his fights there. He's he's the type of guy who will go down and just immediately take you down. And you know, I I talk a lot about. Uh, wrestlers and sometimes they can be a little bit frustrating that they don't do that you know they don't just go for the takedown immediately or they kind of give up on it we saw last week with uh with AJ or with um uh, uh Aljo Sterling Aljo and AJ and they're, they're close enough uh <laughs> uh he kept going for that takedown and I think it was like what was he two of 12 or something or two of 15 of takedowns but the two takedowns you know probably won him the fight considering what came after it so i like to see a fighter like that who will keep going and keep going for that that takedown as, as much as they can and uh i definitely think crutchmere is one of those guys who will continue to go for it and who will uh you know not give up on that takedown i suppose and that's uh, that's a very good part of uh, of his game uh he's fighting uh, uh michael lombardo who has you know 14 fights Steve, so a good bit more experience than him. He's out of American top team. Um, had a, a couple of fights in the, or one fight even the uh, PFL. He fought in the Dana White Contender Series, and before that, he was uh, fighting in M1. So, you know, he fought uh, Kyle Dawkins. Actually, back he had a couple of fights in Dana White's Contender Series. And he ended up losing that one. He, he won his next fight on the Contender Series. But you know, a good guy, a good fighter, with you know seven finishes in his twelve fights. So. He, you know, he he can do it all. He'll need to stay on the feet here. I feel like though against Crutchmere because no matter how good of a wrestler you are, how good of a well-rounded fighter you are, you're fighting someone with that level of wrestling, and it's going to be an issue for you. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing if he can kind of stay on his feet. If if he can cause him a few problems there, but Crutchmere as well, I think he's not a bad fighter on the on the ground at all. Um, he, you know. <laughs> Obviously, he prefers it on on the feet. But when you're nine fights into your career as well. I think it's one of the ones where you need a bit of experience. Uh, you need a bit of experience on the feet if you are mostly a ground guy, but you also kind of can't. Uh, <laughs> you know, you 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 can't not. Uh, take it to the ground as well if you get into trouble or if the, the opportunity sees because sometimes you know you you will you kind of lull yourself into believing you're a striker when you're actually not and that's probably not the best thing in the world to do as well so just maybe watch out for that with uh with Crutchmere on, on this fight as well but uh definitely one of the top prospects coming through uh in in Bellator um the next fight on the card is a middleweight fight against um, Yakshimurdov and Rafael Carvalho, who takes the fight on short notice. Uh, one of my previous previews, I talked a good bit about uh, Yakshimurdov, and actually two of them, and he lost to Corey Anderson uh, and uh, Albrechtson in his uh, in his last two fights. But he's a good fighter, you know. I, I think Corey Anderson was a very bad matchup for him. He's not maybe not the fastest fighter in the world, and that was an issue as well. I think uh, against uh, Albrechtson, but. You know, he he's a finisher, 15 finishes out of his 18 fights. 
good knockout power, a tough guy, and you know, going in there against someone like uh, Carvalho, who has uh, you know twelve knockouts in his sixteen fights today, he's getting on a bit as well, thirty five years of age, and you know, he's lost his three fights, uh, his last three fights in Bellator now against Lorenz Larkin, Alice Palizzi, and Venim Nimkov. So no shame in that, uh, you know, he's. It, this is a must win you feel for him because it's not only last last uh, his last three his last five his last six his only win was against uh, Chidi and Jokowani back in 2019 after losing to Machida and Rusasi there and you know he as I said he's he's beating good go- or he's fighting good guys and you know he's beating good guys before like Manhoof and Sakara and Joe Schilling and been around the Bellator scene obviously we know him for a very very long time and um, it could be it could be a tough matchup for Yashin Muradov, honestly, uh, if Carvalho can come out and fight the way he has fought before. But it's uh, it's going to be tough on three weeks' notice to prepare for someone like Yashin Muradov. Um, you know, I think Yashin Muradov probably will throw in a few takedowns, but I think for the most part, I mean, maybe not necessarily for the most part, I think this could turn into uh, to a striking battle for large parts, especially uh, if the, the takedown can be stopped, I suppose, in there. But... Uh, yeah, it, look, it's it's a fight that in the in the, the light heavyweight division right now. Or is this is this light heavyweight middleweight? Let me just check here very very quickly. This is uh yeah, it's a middleweight. Actually, it's gone down to, to middleweight to, to fight this uh fight this fight. So it's 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 very interesting to see uh if if Carvalho can kind of take the fight long, you know, if he has the uh, if he has the cardio to take along and you, you probably fancy actually more of to win the fight the, the longer it goes because he is a guy, you know, who who can go, he's, you know, he's fought into the fifth round in an ACA fight, he's fought into the fourth round and won fights as well over an ACA, so he knows he has that uh, ability with him, you know, and on, you know, not to say Carvalho can't do it as well but, uh, you know, he's won five rounds against Melvin Manhoff and he's fought won decisions over three rounds as well but on short notice, three three weeks notice, it's definitely going to be tough for him there. Uh, before we get on and talk about the, the the main card, I must tell you that betting this weekend on Luke versus Muhammad too, and on Bellator is more fun when you bet at betus.com. Use the code SHERDOG and get an incredible 125% bonus up to $2,500. Uh, Luke is a clear favorite at the moment over in the UFC fight, so get in now or choose to bet to win via TK or KO to increase your winnings at betus.com you can make the fights even more fun by betting throughout the fights uh, start the fight at betus.com use that code SHERDOG S-H-E-R-D-O-G right uh, let's move on up the card here and there are a couple of very uh, interesting relatively interesting heavyweight fights as well um, I'm a big fan of this Tyrell Fortune versus Rakeem Cleveland fight now the last time Rakeem Cleveland fought I gave him the big build-up against Steve Maury. Now, Steve Maury is very, very good. But, you know, he didn't really... <laughs> we didn't see much of him, I suppose, in that fight. Steve Maury kind of dominated for the, the, the three and a half minutes that it went. But watching these fights before that, you know, he was 3-0 uh, on the uh, the regional scene. Lost a few fights, obviously, in PFL. And, you know, lost to Viktor Nimkov and uh, Vinny Magalesh a couple of times and Max Grishin. But I like him as a fighter. You know, he's... Go, he hits hard on the outside. He's athletic. Um, I I just I like that sort of fighter. He's very experienced. Well, okay, he's twenty. What is he? Twenty two and fourteen now. But twenty of those wins have come inside the distance. Fourteen KOs and six submissions. And I kind of think that tells you a lot about him. Um, he's the type of guy that 
if the finish is there he'll go for it you know he will he will try to take your head off if he can't take your head off he will try his best actually to, to finish that fight now at the heavyweight uh, limit that's probably the way to do it you know and especially when you're fighting someone like Tyrell Fortune who is you know a hard-nosed wrestler who has you know 31 years of age now he's been fighting in MMA for what coming up on on what is it six years now all of his fights being in Bellator and I think it's it's time for him now to maybe take that turn in his career I lost to Linton Vassell who we'll get to uh, later on uh, but he uh, last time out that was in no- last November but he beat Matt Mitrione, he beat Jack May, Syed Soma before that as well, you know, Soma's had a good time of it since then, um, after losing to Timothy Johnson as well, but I, look, I I, I think uh, Fortune will be, will be a big favourite here, but it's a dangerous fight for him too, because he is the type of guy as well, right? who he's uh, a, a very good wrestler coming out of with a wrestling background out of Portland, Oregon, you know, as, as those lads from there seem to uh, seem to always have if past his pro like here in, in mixed martial arts. Um, but he he another one. He's another one of these guys who does like to strike and who does like to keep it on the feet at times as well. But if he does that against uh, Rakim Cleveland, it could be bad news for him. So I do look. He's an intelligent guy as well. I think he's smart. I think he will take it to the ground here and try to dominate from the start. And that probably is the way to do it. But as I said, I'll say it again. I reiterate it. If it does get into a striking battle, I would favor him to land some shots. But I would also look at Rakim Cleveland and urge caution because this guy can hit this guy can hit hard and he is not someone you want to stand with he's not someone you want to get into that sort of fight with to give him a chance because you could take him down for three or four minutes he could get back up and he will take that opportunity you could take him down for 14 minutes he could get back up and he'll take that opportunity he's one of these guys who just doesn't give up who is always confident in his ability to finish and that can be very dangerous especially for someone like uh, fortune who is a wrestler and um and maybe not the the most overawing with ground and pound if you want to put it that way now he's ground and pound is very good when he's able to get it off but if he's not and someone can survive against him, they'll, they'll obviously have a chance. So it's, uh, look, I think it's a real opportunity for Fortune to look good in a fight, but, you know, Rakim Keevan's nickname is the Boogeyman, and that kind of says it all, I think. There's that little bit of a trek kind of underlying in the background at all times, and I would be very, very careful I, if I was in, but definitely I would favour Fortune to win this fight. Um, but uh, as I said again, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of ca- caution can be urged there. Uh, the next heavyweight fight in is uh, Timothy Johnson against uh, England's own uh, Linton Vassell. Obviously, Johnson, 37 years of age now, 15 and 8, which it feels like it doesn't reflect his career, maybe. He's lost his last two to Fedor and the champion Moldova, well, the former champion, sorry, at this stage, Moldovsky was for the championship at that time. Um, and before that, he beat Czech Congo, who's fighting Bader for the title next, beat Matt Mitrion, and he beat the aforementioned Tyrell Fortune. You know, he lost to Congo, okay, before that, and Minikov. But he's been on... Look, that Fedor fight, I, I, I don't think many people expect him to lose that. I certainly didn't I think I gave him as one of my betting tips, but he did lose it, and it was very, very quick. It's one you can kind of almost write off if you're Timothy Johnson. That's not fair, and but it's, it's a quick 
knockout against Fedor uh, <laughs> and uh, like lots of people can be overawed when they're going in there fighting Fedor so it, this is a big bounce back fighter because if he loses three in a row it's difficult he's kind of out of that conversation for getting towards the title like if you look at Lyndon Vassell he'll be right in it because he's last three in a row beating Tyrell Fortune beating Honey Marks and beating Sergei Haritanov okay he had three losses before that but you can see how quickly things uh, turned there losing to Bader Davis and Moldovsky but he has some very, very good wins in his career with the former champion, uh, Liam McGeary. He beat uh, the former champion as well, Emmanuel Newton and Francis Carmont, uh, as well as, you know, many others down through the years. And, yeah, like, uh, for a guy who has been fighting in, in professional MMA since 2008, this is a big opportunity, I think, for him because, you know, Bellator are always looking for guys who can headline in England as well and who can fight. Imagine if they brought a heavyweight title fight to England and it was, you know, okay, Linton Vassell, maybe not the, the biggest name in the world or anything, but let's say him against the winner of Congo versus Bader. I think that would be a good fight for uh, for UK MMA and I think they would like to probably have it there as well. So we will see. It's a big fight for him here and I think if he can win this fight, um, it will be a, it will be a real fitter in his cap even as I, I joke on a fitter in my draw um, watching both guys you know Linton Vassell on, on, on the outside he's very fast for a heavyweight obviously having fought down at light heavyweight before um, he, he can strike he can throw his jab he's long and tall for the division uh, as well you know at what six foot four uh, but you see in most of his you know, recent fights, uh, I think it was the Ronnie Marks fight I was watching there, and even the Haritana fight as well. A lot of takedowns put into his game over the last few years, I think, and he is, you know, you look at him and you think maybe he's turned into a bit of a wrestler, and I think he probably has, you know, and that's that's not a, a negative in, in any way for me at all. I think it's it's a very good part of his game, and I think it is an interesting one when you look at Tim Johnson, because, you know, Johnson is a guy who is fast as well on the feet and throws a lot of shots he doesn't maybe look necessarily like a fast guy in the feet uh, for his size and, and you know his, his shape I suppose but he is and you know he can hit very hard knocked out knocked out um, Terrell Fortune in a recent fight after he pushed him up against the cage and you know as I said I'll say it again you look at a guy like that and you maybe think your head movement or your feet will be quick enough to get away from him and sometimes it's not so Vassell I think will have to be very um, <clears throat> switched on and be very accurate uh, in those sort of moments defensively as well as offensively. And uh, look, it's a fight. It is a fight I do think where Vassell will go for a few takedowns and I think he'll probably get him as well. Look, Timmy Johnson can throw in a few takedowns as well, but I think he'll be trying to strike. And I I might be wrong again. I've said this with a previous fight, but I, I think there will be long periods of striking in this fight. And I think it'll actually be very fun because Vassell, he can fight off the back foot and he can jab like that. And he will throw the one-twos countering down the middle. Whereas Johnson will attempt to put the pressure on, will go forward, will try to land his big shots as well as he goes forward. So they almost like fighting striking matchups in the same way. Or, or in the, sorry, well, when I say in the same way, in the same kind of region, in that they will complement each other well because it's almost the exact opposite therefore leading to a fight where they're both fighting comfortably together in the same way. So who's going to win that fight? That That's an interesting one. Whoever, whoever's game is better, I suppose, uh, will win it there. Um, look, I think if you look overall, I think Lytton Vassell is a better fighter than Tim Johnson, but Tim Johnson has that power. He has that raw kind of aggression at times too that you need in mixed martial arts. I'll talk about that in a second with, uh, with Aaron Pico, but you you need that in MMA sometimes and Tim Johnson definitely has that and it might see him through here like 
if you were to you know if you were to give me any an even money bet between the two of these, I'd probably pick Vassell to win over a longer kind of distance, maybe. But if you were to give me who's going to knock a guy out in the first round. I'd probably go with Tim Johnson. So it's a very interesting fight. I think it'll be... I haven't looked at the betting or anything yet, but I think it'll be very, very close on that. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, who will uh, who will win it. Um, then we have Aaron Pico against uh, Adley Edwards. Watched a bit of Adley Edwards here today, just before I did this. And look, he... Uh, on the commentary of one of his fights, he, they said he was a Division Two wrestler, which is, you know, it's all well and good, but you're fighting Aaron Pico, you know, a very, very, very top-level wrestler. Um... You know, Adley's good leg kicks. He's good on the outside. He hits hard. There aren't many fights of him. I, I was looking up this. Obviously, his Bellator debut. There's a couple on on YouTube. You know, some in a cage and stuff, which are in a in a ring. Sorry, which is very hard to gauge how he look in a cage. I think it's very very different. But he does. You know, he does hit hard. He does. Well, maybe a hit hard is is the wrong phrase for it. But he does throw shots well. He does kick very hard, and he hits with very nice leg kicks at, or uh, head kicks at times I love the way he kind of lifts his front leg and kind of uh, lands a head kick coming in or waits for someone to come in and throws the back leg uh, head kick as well very very nice but all of that is because he's such a good wrestler and because he's happy enough to wrestle with guys I saw in one of his fights where his opponent tried to take him down and he just literally turned over hip and got on top of him when he is on top he's very very dangerous so uh, if you're Pico maybe it, it's an interesting one because Look, Pico, we, we, we know about his striking and his wrestling from before he uh, made his MMA debut even, but do you, like, against a guy who is a very good wrestler, should you try to just make it a striking match? But also, Edwards can hit as well, so, and you've been knocked out in the past, uh, especially with big flying knees and high kicks like Edwards can throw, so it's interesting. But I think for Pico, look, he has really taken a step up in his career over the last couple, I think, and a step up, maybe, a step up in his career is the wrong phrase there, but a step up in his ability. Uh, I, I actually spoke to him briefly before his last fight, and asked him, like, does he need to add a little bit of aggression into his fights? Because after those early knockouts in his career, it felt like he turned into a guy who was nodding... That's unfair. He felt like he turned into a guy who was... um, looking for a kind of a base and a fundamental game rather than an all-around MMA game, which is probably the right thing to do for a few fights. But in MMA, to get to that very top level, you need aggression. I talked about it there a few minutes ago. You need that aggression. You need that doggedness. And also, do you know what you need? As we saw with Shemaev last week, you need to be hit in the face. You need to be knocked down and be able to know that you can get back up. And it felt like Pico wasn't taking enough chances to prove he can do that after the easy uh, or after the tough start to his career. Now I'm not going out, uh, saying going out there and get hit in the face or anything like that, but the, the that raw dogged aggression is something you need offensively to take you to the next level, and it's going to get you hit in the face. So uh, you know one will lead to the other is kind of my argument there and uh, I don't know that he necessarily he, when I asked him he didn't necessarily agree with me but then he went out in his fight and he was more aggressive and he did get hit a few times and you know what I think that'll actually stand to him um, and as he rises through the levels here now obviously he was supposed to fight was a Jeremy Kennedy and this uh, car that's obviously not happening he's fighting Edwards on short notice but I, I think there will be a rise for Aaron Pico soon I'm looking forward to it he's still one of the top prospects in the sport he's still a very 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 good fighter and I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, where it goes for Pico over the next uh, over the next couple of years and, and on uh, is it Friday night this card is I probably should have, I probably should have checked that April 15th when's April 15th lads uh, April 15th is Friday yeah Friday night so very very good we'll be able to watch this and, and the UFC separately so that's uh, that's absolutely fantastic uh, then the two title fights um, Vadim Nimkov versus Corey Anderson first of all 
I was looking at, uh, at BetUS, actually, the, the prices here, and um, Corey Anderson is, is a relative underdog coming into this fight. Uh, you know, not, not, I wouldn't say big or, or small, but he is the underdog coming in, which kind of surprised me uh, a little bit. Um, now, having said that, Vadim Nimkov is a very, very good fighter, too. They're both very good fighters, and this is a tremendous fight. A tremendous fight. Like Bellator has said for the last while that oh, the, we have the best light heavyweight division in the world. And, you know, you can argue that I, I'm not, that's not the place or time for this now. But this is a fight that's right up there with any light heavyweight fight you can put on anywhere in the world. Like if you look at Corey Anderson, his last few fights, like the only guy he's lost on the last, what, uh, four, eight fights is Jan Blachowicz. You know, he beat Johnny Walker, beat Lilia Latifi, beat Glover Teixeira, the, the current champion. Uh, has wins over Yasha Murdov, who we talked about earlier, Melvin Manhoff and Ryan Bader last time out in 51 seconds. So he's really taken a turn in his career, you know, and uh, going in there against Nimkov, it's a, it's a massive test again. It's his biggest test, obviously, in Bellator and the biggest test since he fought the the, the champions uh, in uh, in the UFC. Like, if you look at Nimkov, his last few, he's beaten Anglicus, uh, Davis Bader, you know, Davis a couple of times, and, uh, you know, Rafael Carvalho, who I mentioned earlier on. You know, he's he's really beaten some really, really good guys. The only thing I would kind of hold against him is that maybe someone with the skill set of Corey Anderson at the, the time in their career is something that I don't think he has been. Like, uh, Bader, okay, it was two years ago nearly, this is a year and a half ago. I just don't think Bader is where he is in his career anymore. And that might be a little bit harsh, but that's kind of how I see it. Uh, I think Corey Anderson is right in his prime now and right at the, the biggest part of his career. Look, Nimkov is a very fundamentally good fighter. He'll jab you up. He can hit hard. Um, he's good wrestling as well. He can take you down. And Anderson on the other side, he is very good wrestling as well. He can take you down if he needs to. I don't think he's maybe as good a fundamental fighter, but I think he's a very smart fighter and he sees a lot of things. He's one of these guys, you ever hear like lads talking about, oh, I, uh, like Dominic Cruz always says that I see things for maybe like a round or two and then I execute him and I, I look at the... Re- it, it feels like Anderson is one of those who sees a lot of stuff uh, in his fights and kind of can execute it. I think he's a little bit faster as well than Nimkov and I think he can hit hard while being fast as well. Um... And I'm very interested to see it. Like, I, I'm still on... It's one of those ones I'm undecided on my pick, to be honest. I I don't know. I, every time I think about it, I think Anderson. Honestly, I think Anderson. But then I'm thinking, well, Nimkov is very, very good as well. And maybe, you know, maybe it's one in the betting show this week I, 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 will, uh, I will avoid. But let me know in the comment section who you're picking, Corey Anderson or Nimkov, because it's a really good fight and a, and a very, very interesting fight. I Look, I do think it'll go long, and as it tends to do with very uh, top-level fighters we saw last week with Sterling and Yan as well. Uh, can something like that happen you know, where a few takedowns is the changing of the fight where someone maybe gets in gets the back or gets into the mount or something like that ends up winning a couple of rounds like whoever wins that wrestling battle might be a big part of it and I think the fundamental striking of Nimkov might look it'll either help him or hinder him when we're talking about takedowns if that does happen because Sometimes you can get into a way where you're you're jabbing, you're going forward, you're going forward, and the next thing your opponent slips under, gets you taken down, or else you can be jabbing someone, they don't know what they're doing, not that they don't know what they're doing, but you have them kind of flummoxed a little bit, and next thing the takedown opens up and you take them down. So if one of those two things happen, and there is a few takedowns in there, I think it could change the fight. I, I do think it'll be mostly a kickboxing match, or mostly even a, a boxing match here. Um, 
and it's I think it'll come down to that speed of Anderson versus the fundamentals of Nimkov and it could be a fascinating battle over five rounds so really looking forward to that and definitely want to, to tune into um, the main event then uh, Patricio Pitbull versus the champ AJ McKee massive fight in the career of, of Patricio Look, he's lost AJ McKee now. He gave up the title the way class above and his brother owns that. So he loses this fight and suddenly there's no title fight for him. You know, he can't get one a light heavyweight, or sorry, lightweight. He can't get one at 145 for the meantime anyway in both uh, divisions, obviously. So it's massive. I think it's a massive fight for, for Patricio, uh, for AJ McKee at 18 and all, to move to 19 and all, to have the argument, you know, after Volkanovski fought last week, are you the best featherweight in the world? Now, after what Volkanovski did, it'll be kind of hard to prove that, I think. But Patricio is, is really, really good. Um, and beating him is a really, really top achievement. And if he can do it again, it'll be absolutely insane. Obviously, the first fight, look, AJ McKee came out there. He landed that big shot to the head with the, with the kick. Uh, and he ended up... Um, he ended up submitting with the guillotine. Obviously, it was it was a bit of an odd one, and the, you know, Patricio was obviously still hurt. It could have been stopped from the shot itself, but it was stopped from the guillotine. Then, um, look in this fight, it's we almost have to so, look. Sometimes, li- like the the Sterling Yan fight at the weekend, sometimes you have to kind of revert back to your original uh, analysis because the analysis um, after the fight might be different to what it was before the fight because of what happened in the fight. But it was a quick finish, you know, and it was something that, look, if it happens the same way around this time, it happens the same way around this time. But if it doesn't, what's going to happen then? Look, the the breakdown for me is AJ McKee is a very varied fighter. Uh, last three wins, I think it is, have all been by submission. So he can not only hit you hard on the feet, he can be very very dangerous when the fight gets to the ground he has takedowns as well but it's usually lads trying to take him down and that doesn't end very well for those lads uh, if you go by the stat I just gave you Patricio is more of like a stand in the middle of the cage and use his speed and power um, and it's been a very effective weapon for him it just does feel like maybe that's a weapon from a couple of years ago in MMA rather than now and I suppose we will see that and we will see if that point is proven to be correct or not this weekend I uh, look you will have to look at the the ability for Patricio to kind of cut AJ McKee down and cut him off in this fight. You can't let him get off as many strikes uh, as he will want to. You can't let him run around the cage and pick you off from the outside and land hard shots from the outside. You're going to have to, I think, get in his face a little bit more if you're Patricio. You're going to have to maybe throw in a, tr- a few takedowns and try to get into that uh, game just to stop McKee a bit. Or, conversely... Just wait and wait and wait and wait and try to land that one big shot. Like, that is something that Patricio and his brother, Patricky, have done as well throughout the last few years. And look, that is a way to win. There's nothing wrong with that way to win. And he absolutely could win that way. And you know what? I think that's probably the way for him to do it. But having said that, I just think McKee is too dangerous. Like, he's... That, that variation, I always talk about variation, and it's it's something with Volkanovski too, we saw at the weekend, but in a very different way, like Volkanovski is like a formulaic variation almost, which makes no sense, but it, it's like um, a fundamental um, formulation of variation, where that's that's copyright, copyright, uh, copyright uh, bending on that one, but you know, he'll, he'll either throw the jab, or he'll throw the leg kick, or you know, he'll faint, he'll faint, he'll faint, and then jab. McKee is more like he'll throw everything and he doesn't even know what's coming kind of a thing. It's it's very varied, but maybe not as formulaic or maybe you know it's it's not as 
as simple as what Volkanovski does, but what Volkanovski does is so good that it can be simple as it wants. Your opponent can't stop it. And sometimes simple is best in MMA. But McKee is very, very good as well and very good at what he does. And it's obviously different and uh, dangerous, but it's also dangerous to him, you know? If this goes five rounds, can his cardio keep up five rounds against someone as good as Patricio when you have to do as much as you probably have to do to win that fight? It's a very interesting one and a very interesting matchup. And do you know what? I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. is, again, probably the best fight that Bellator can put on and uh, we should be looking forward to it. The one big thing I would say, Bellator, uh, okay, I'm recording this early in the week, but there hasn't been that much promotion to this. We haven't heard much about it. And I know the the I think maybe just as I'm kind of recording here, just after the press conference will be coming up and things, so that maybe help it. But I think they should have been doing it a little bit earlier. And I know the UFC had the big card and everything, but uh I I uh I do think it's flying under the radar a little bit now later in the week. Maybe uh, maybe not. Um so before I go, I must tell you, I must ask you, who are you betting on in that uh, fight night uh, between uh, McKee and people? And who are you betting on between Luca and Muhammad as well? Um, can Bilal beat the odds? Can Patricio beat the odds? Um, or do you see a finish for either guy being uh, given? Get your bets on this weekend at BetUS.com. Use the code SHARDOG and get 125% bonus. BetUS.com has been taking bets for well over 25 years. And there's a reason it's number one for UFC sportsbook betting with more betting options live betting against betus.com is your new home for ufc betting and for bellator betting as well start the fight at betus.com and use that code SHARDOG. all right everybody that's it for me sean sheehan here for SHARDOG.com, and i'll see you all next time